Hello everyone, today is August 29th and the Lord told me to begin this video by saying the Lord God desires to restore Israel back to his love. And guys, this is my second time attempting to make this video because I just keep weeping through it. The presence of the Lord is strong and um, it's just so uh, sweet and tender today. I'm having a hard time with my emotions. Um, so I, I began <clears throat> by saying this to the Lord in my journal. <clears throat> Lord, I feel like I need such a good scrubbing inside. Help me. Reveal to me what remains that needs to be cleansed. Renew me. You are the high priest. You keep the fire lit in the temple. Help me to keep seeking to be filled with your fire, a living sacrifice on your altar. I am your temple. Lord, if something has entered that is not you, please deliver me. I only want to hear you and serve you. Help me with the words that challenge me. Help me to understand the meaning and the source. Um, some of those prayers came from, I listened to the song Fear of God uh, from Upper Room and Jesus, Lover of My Soul, put both of those in the, in the notes below. All right, this is what I received from the Lord this morning. Melissa, my child, do not fear. I am here listening. It is me, your Father in heaven. Do not be afraid, daughter. I don't know. I can't do it without crying. I'm sorry. I am with you. Do not despair. It has been me whispering in your ear. And you do not need to have all of this doubt. Spend time in deep prayer to me today. Put on your armor and for figure this out. Discover who I am once again. You have grown distant because of your fear and doubts. Come back home to the one who knows you and loves you and redeemed you. Remember who I am and remember your journey. You will not be able to run from my love, Melissa. It is always pursuing you. I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you for loving your children this way. You are so good. Today, let's discover how Kuwait will begin a lesson for the state of Israel. They will muster up strength and support and begin the end time attack. They will follow their hatred toward Israel and begin to feed the hatred of surrounding countries. They will start a fire that will quickly ignite and begin the final war. I will not allow my people to be destroyed. I will return. I will establish my eternal kingdom. My people will discover me. They will worship me. They will love me. They will repent for generational abandonment of truth. They will have a new marriage contract. We will once again be united. Melissa, I love my people, Israel. I have loved them. <laughs> with an everlasting love. I have pursued them to the end of the earth, to the end of the age. I will never stop pursuing them with my love. They are the apple of my eye. They are mine and I will be theirs in fullness of truth. Help me deliver these words to them. I said, okay, Lord, show me how. 
Melissa, begin to title your messages for people abroad. Begin to deliver messages for the nation of Israel. They are getting hungry for truth. They are a nation divided. They need to know I still watch over them, and I love them with everlasting love. <clears throat> Come back home to me, children of Israel. Come back, and I will restore you and make you new. Come back, and I will give you peace. I will give you rest. I will redeem you. Look to me. Yeshua HaMashiach. Who is that to you? Daughter, do not be afraid. I will lead you. I will guide you. Do not wonder if it is me speaking. I am the Lord God Almighty, Father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I am your father. I am their father, and we are family. Call out to me today. Worship me and pray to me. We have work to do. I love you, daughter. Align. Center on my love. Hear me. I want you to tell this today. I want you to begin by saying the Lord desires to restore Israel back to his love. Tell them those words. Okay, Lord. Daughter, this will be good. You can rest. Be of good cheer. The end is at the door. You only have but a moment. Persevere. Press on toward the finish. I will not abandon you. I am right here with you, closer than your own skin. I surround you, daughter. Do not give up. Find me anew. I will meet you. Okay, Lord, is there anything else? Melissa, the leaders of this nation are going to hurl insults at Kuwait. They will try to stop what is happening. They will attempt to put out fires. But the fire will still ignite and the war will begin. Soon you will see. Yes, Saudi Arabia and Sudan, they will join arms in this fight. Go now, prepare for your day. I asked him in my mind, that question came up because in the past he talked about Saudi Arabia and Sudan and I checked the news a few times, I've never seen what he said happen. Hebrews 10, 4 through 7, I'll put all these scripture in the notes. Zechariah 2, 8, and when I looked that up it took my breath away and I wept. <laughs> I've pretty much been weeping ever since. Isaiah 16, 4 through 5, 1 Timothy 2, 11, I think that one was for me. Genesis 21, 2, Leviticus 8, 4, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 8, Hebrews 8, 11. Sing songs of gladness, for I am coming soon. Repent, for the kingdom of God is here. Arise, my love. You have heard well, daughter. Okay, so <clears throat> Zechariah 2, 8. When, when he said, apple of my eye, in the message, the thought briefly came into my mind. I'm probably going to get backlash for that because sometimes he uses unexpected words. And uh, there's people out there, not very many, um, but there's a few people out there that will comment and say that I'm false because the Lord doesn't speak like that and just stop. So that crossed my mind, like, I'm probably going to get backlash for that. But I like the way the Lord speaks. I love the way he speaks. Um, but that thought did come to mind, and it um, was a, hi a highlighted point, as often is the case. You know, he'll say these things, <clears throat> he'll put a question mark by it, or it'll jump out to me as uh, as different. And 
and later there's a lesson in it later there's a reason that he used that to stand out because he he's leading me somewhere or he's showing me or he's increasing my faith um you know there's been different things he said like the jewel and the crown i didn't know that the bible talked about us being like a jewel in his crown and when he said that i put a question mark by it because i didn't think that was biblical and that was a strange thing to say um there's just been there's been lots of things like that throughout and this was one of those moments well when i looked up zechariah 2 8 i wept because i didn't know that the bible said this and he gave me the exact verse for this is what the lord almighty says after he has honored me and set me against the nations that have plundered you for whoever touches you touches the apple of his eye and i have been kind of an emotional wreck since then and <laughs> to top it off you know I, I came out here to make this video and um <clears throat> our yard right now is a swampy muddy mess and I, I brought out so many things because the Lord has just been speaking so much to me this morning. And um, I didn't really, I still don't really know exactly the direction to take in this video, but I brought all the things out, you know, just in case. And I think my phone was on top of this big stack of stuff and I, I was driving the golf cart through our muddy mess of a yard. And I got out there, got all set up and my, I couldn't find my phone. And I drove, guys, I drove back and forth from out here to the house like 10 times through the muddy yard which my husband really doesn't want me driving through it to begin with but I kept trying to retrace my steps and look for my phone I went to the house I looked through everything and I was like Lord I know you know this was gonna happen um, you asked me to make this video today I have full belief and trust that the phone's gonna show up just help me find it show and help me just stay calm because I'm already kind of emotional and this was just kind of a lot. And um, I went back to put my shoes on and there was a feather in my shoe. And um, so I think there was something in the message. Hold on, let me look. The part when he said, remember who I am and remember our journey. <laughs> that part just hit me hard. Uh, because I was spending a lot of time doing that this morning and he put the feather in my shoe and I knew if I retraced my step steps I was gonna find what I was looking for and finally my husband came home and uh, we all went for a walk and looked and you know I for some reason it stuck it stood out in my mind I looked at the clock and it said 1223 1223 almost <laughs> sequential a double two in there and as I was walking out here, I kept retracing the steps, but I forgot that I had taken a little bit of a detour and then decided not to go that way and I went a different way. And um, it, it was kind of like, you know, toward the beginning of, of when I journeyed out here. And I was like, oh, I forgot a step. And I went and there my phone was. So um, I don't know, that was just kind of neat. And this morning I spent a lot of time retracing steps and, and going back to the beginning of the journey um, guys I have been the last couple days struggling so hard with doubt again and you watch this process you know sometimes I feel fearless sometimes I feel so full of faith and then sometimes I find myself on the edge of despair um, that I just can't I can't finish what he's asking me to do I can't finish this race it's too it's I'm not spiritual enough. 
I'm not smart enough. I'm not worthy. And uh, he, he reminds me that that's what he specializes in. He just wants a surrendered life. And I, w I was reminded of this time when I w went to college. I went to a Christian college and I I came home and my, my mom was so excited for me to pray at dinner because surely I was more spiritual now because I went to a Christian college. And the, the prayer just fell so flat and just, and, and sometimes I think that that's still my identity. But the Lord, you know, he allows things like this so we can compare and contrast, so we can see what he's done in our lives to see how far he's brought us. And he's so faithful. He's so good. And even, even when I was the last couple days, my, the edges of my heart, you know, starting to feel a little hard and impenetrable because of my doubt and my fear. And, uh, even in that he's working, even, you know, he promises us if we choose relationship, he will work all things out for good. Even, even those moments, even those moments when we feel distant from him because of our doubts and our fears, he's still using it. He's still working that song. Even when you don't see it, he's working. Even when you don't feel it, he's working. He never stops working. I have examples of that because even when I was feeling like that through that, he was, he's working on a lesson. And uh, so the last couple days I've been getting up early in the morning. I've been doing that again and uh, getting to bed on time. Sometimes I get into this uh, habit of, of put, like making these videos, formatting them and uploading them after my family goes to bed and I end up staying up too late and then I sleep in a little too long and my husband gets up before me and then things are off, you know, because the way that the Lord told me to do it is actually perfect. and. I have, I'm not always obedient. I'm not always faithful. I'm not always perfect at getting up before my family. I do spend time with him every day and I do receive words from him every day. Um, and he still meets me wherever I am. He's faithful, but it works best when I'm obedient to what he asked me to do. And, um, so the last few days I've been doing that. He gave me a really awesome dream. He gave me some messages uh, to wrestle with. And even in all of that, I've been struggling so hard the last couple days with doubt. And last night, we I told you that we've been watching that Jack Frost series on the Father's Embrace. And Jack Frost has such a powerful testimony. Uh, it's a lot like my husband's, you know, when he encountered the love of his father. A lot of things just fell off of him instantaneously. And he, he was just transformed by the Father's love. And, you know, he, he t he's had quite a journey. And he has a powerful anointing. And people get healed and freed, you know, through his, through his anointing and understanding and um, real experience and transformation from the Father's love. But he talks very honestly about areas that used to be shame about areas that he was held in captivity about areas where he was forgiven but those areas weren't cleansed yet they weren't healed yet and so he talked about the difference between forgiveness and cleansing and, and inner healing and 
he he said that uh you know he would go to these conferences and people would get freed and healed and all these testimonies and uh people would praise him and tell him you know about his anointing and he would feel pretty puffed up and pretty um thought that, that was who he was but then he would go home and and he said that our spouses are there to be a realistic mirror of of what's really going on and what's really inside and one of those examples that he gave was that he he had all these back-to-back -back seminars and he he basically go home to sleep and then he was out for another couple days and come home and out for another couple days and his wife was feeling pretty neglected and upset that he was pouring out to everyone else except for his family and she immediately told him you know and and kept him up at night talking to him about this and he got about four hours of sleep and then he had to go and do the conference and stuff and so he was pretty angry with her and her timing and um that she chose to to uh, lay that all out before him uh the night before he was going to speak on on walking in the father's love and have this huge conflict in his life and he said that took weeks and weeks to work out because he was right but so was she and it took a long time for them to to be willing to acknowledge that because humans tend to prefer darkness they pre tend to prefer to live in those areas of woundedness it tend to prefer to be right versus choosing relationship and I realized I was kind of doing that with the Lord last night. I realized that what was happening was I, I was trying to be right instead of choosing to be in relationship with him and vulnerable with him and just trusting him. I wanted, I wanted to be right that I'm not worthy. I'm not, I don't have what it takes. I must not really be hearing from him. I must be deceived. All of those thoughts that were coming, I wanted to be right about that. And I wanted to live out of the wounded area, um, but he's, he's just using it. He's using it. So the other day, maybe two days ago, I opened up my Bible and I had a bookmark in Daniel. And a couple of days ago, he had given a message that said, that the days ahead were going to cause me to stumble, but I would not fall. It was going to cause me to be weak in the knees, but I would come out stronger. And uh, I'm sure that that means something much greater on a greater scale in days to come. But it had meaning for me today. When, you know, the day that I opened up to this verse, the word stumble immediately jumped out at the of the page at me. And I read the verse, some of the wise will stumble so that they may be refined, purified, and made spotless until the time of the end, for it will still come at the appointed time. One of the things Jack Frost was saying was that, you know, it's a purification process and, and that he's tasted the glory of, of the future kingdom. He's tasted it and he's walked in it, but it's so hard to sustain it and stay in that place. And uh, 
you know, when he was, he had victory for like four weeks in a row, usually it would be two weeks, you know, he'd go and he'd get all filled up with the Holy Spirit and, and get a shot of the Father's love and be able to walk it out for about two weeks. And then something would happen and he would go back into the broken and wounded areas. And uh, it's been a process of purification, of, of opening up about those deep and shameful places and becoming more and more intimate as he did that with his wife. It was drawing him closer to the Father. And uh, sometimes people listen to him and think, Jack, do you have no shame? And he says, no, because he just lays it all out there so honestly. Uh, it's really beautiful. And so I'm going to read that one more time. Some of the wise will stumble so that they may be refined, purified, and made spotless until the time of the end, for it will still come at the appointed time. So that's a verse that I've just been reading, um, and it's right before uh, the end times, chapter 12 in Daniel, where it talks about the end times. But anyway, that's where my bookmark was. I just opened up to that page. Well, while we're talking about becoming spotless and purified and all of that, a few, uh, maybe two weeks ago or so, uh, some of my friends two of them had a dream on the same night. One had a dream that she and the other girl who had a dream and another person were standing around a boiling pot of water. That was part of her dream. And then one of those girls that was standing around that boil, boiling pot of water, she also had a dream that night. And her dream was that she was making broth. And she's very familiar with the process of making broth. And I think her grandfather taught her how to do it and how important it is, you know, to skim off the fat because the, the fat can make you sick to your stomach and to just really have a pure and clean broth in the process of it. And, and in this dream, she just thought, wow, that was a dirty bird because I think she, it was a turkey maybe. And there was just layer upon layer upon layer of fat. And when she got it down to its purified form, it was just a little tiny bit, just barely enough to to feed one person, let alone her whole family. And that was her dream. So we've, we've spent time talking about the purification process as it relates to making broth, um, my friends and I. And when I mentioned it to my husband, he immediately was thinking and, you know, thinking, going through the Bible in his mind of the different times that the Bible talks about pots. And it came up in his devotional, wouldn't you know, a couple days ago about the um, the pot, so I, the boiling pot. And uh, the one that came to mind uh, when we first discussed the dreams with our friends were was the one in Ezekiel. The I think it's a parable about the boiling pot, and I think they're making broth in it. So I read that. Uh, but I'm going to read to you out of my husband's devotional. So the reason I'm reading again from this, this book is because the other day, uh, when this came up on uh, day 226, it's called Heaven's Cooking Pots. It has the verse reference at the bottom, Zechariah 14, and that was a place that my husband didn't remember um, speaking about cooking pots. And he came and he looked it up in my Bible that morning, and read, read it to me. And he hadn't looked it up in his Bible. So, and this was, this was, um, 
a day or two ago. And so he, this morning when he opened up his Bible, he just opened it and it fell open to Zechariah 14 and he was reading it. He's like, no way, Melissa, come look at this. And he said, um, it's not like I looked it up in this Bible for it to just be formed there somehow. And, and later in the day he opened it up later in the, this morning, he opened it and it fell open to that page again. So I was like, okay, Lord, I hear you. Um, he's, it's part of the lesson for today. Heaven's cooking pots. The teacher took me into the kitchen where all the meals served in the school were prepared. I thought it was only a stop on the way to the site of the teaching. Today, this is our classroom, he said. It wouldn't appear likely. One wouldn't expect anything profound to come out of a school kitchen. At that, he walked over to one of the cabinets, took out a cooking pot, and placed it on the table. Just a cooking pot, he said. But look, he turned it around so I could see its other side. On its outer surface were letters engraved in the metal. It's Hebrew, said the teacher. What does it say? Kadash, and then the capital letters L apostrophe YHVH. So it's really not known how that's pronounced. Uh, we can only guess what vowels go in there, but it, it means holy to the Lord. The same words that were inscribed on the golden crown of the high priest. Couldn't that be considered sacrilegious? At the end of the Hebrew scriptures, he said, is a vision of what life will be like in the days when the kingdom of God is on the earth. It is written, in that day, holy to the Lord, shall be engraved on the bells of horses. Every pot in Jerusalem and Judah shall be holy to the Lord of hosts. Do you realize how radical this is? The holy vessels could only be found inside the temple. Outside the temple was the mundane or unholy. But in the kingdom of God, the sacred words of the high priest's crown will be written on the bells of horses. The sacred glory of the temple will be in every kitchen and on every cooking pot. Everything will be filled with God's holiness and overflowing with his glory. And therein is the secret of, the living, of living a heavenly life. Which is what? Make every part of your life holy to the Lord. Your work, your daily job, perform it as ministry. Your house, dwell in it as if you were in the temple. When you take out the garbage, do it as if you were a priest performing the sacred ministry in the holy place. And when you lie down to sleep, lie down as if you were in heaven's throne room, surrounded by the presence of God, and you will be. Bring every part of your life into the presence, the holiness, the glory of God, and let the presence, the holiness, and the glory of God come into every part of your life. And you will live even now in the glory of the kingdom, and even your cooking pots will become holy to the Lord. The mission, live this day as if you were in the kingdom. Let every act be a holy act, sacred to the presence and the glory of God. And the verses are Zechariah 14, 20 through 21 and Colossians 3, 23 through 24. And then the next one, I read this and then I read the next one. I'm like, God, you're amazing. All right. So this one is about um, becoming spotless or being spotless. Tamim the unblemished. Look, said the teacher, it was a lamb grazing under its shepherd's care, a lamb of pure white, of radiant white, 
all the more radiant as it stood bathed in a shaft of bright sunlight, radiant white. It could have been the Passover lamb, he said. Why do you say that, I asked. Any lamb could have been. No, only a certain kind of lamb. Which kind? A tamim lamb. The ordinance states it must be tamim. What does that, what does tamim mean? It means without spot, unblemished, undefiled, whole, innocent, and perfect. The Passover lamb had to be tamim in order to set the Hebrews free from their bondage. And Messiah is the Passover lamb. And if he's the Passover lamb, he must also be the tamim lamb. Therefore, what must he be? He must be perfect, I said, and without spot, blemish, or defilement, innocent and whole. The Passover lamb had to be tamim, without spot or blemish, because we've all been blemished and stained. It had to be unblemished, so that the blemishes of our past could be removed. He had to be spotless, that the stains of our past could be undone. He And he had to be innocent and undefiled to take away all the defilements from our lives. And so it is from the Passover lamb, Messiah, that we are given the power of Tamim, the miracle of Tamim, by which, we, by which the guilty can become again innocent, that the defiled can live an unblemished life with an unblemished record and an unblemished conscience and with unstained memories. And each had to apply the blood of the Passover lamb to one's life. Yes, so you must likewise apply the power of Tamim to every shame and defilement of your past, your memory, your conscience, and your life, that as he is spotless, undefiled, untouched, innocent, and whole, you now have the power to become likewise Tamim. The mission today, apply the power of Tamim to every defilement in your life, past or present. Be complete, spotless, and to meme, just as he is to meme. Exodus 12, 5, 1 Corinthians 5, 7, Ephesians 5, 27. So what that's saying is there is a difference. Just like what Jack Frost was saying last night and what we've been saying in some of these videos. We are forgiven. We are in right standing with the Father because of Jesus' perfection and his perfect work and his complete work at the cross. But we have to apply that blood to those areas of shame because darkness is... It, it, it's alive in a way. You know, the darkness, our ignorance, our shame, all of those things. We can build relationships from those places, we we can have a, a, a kind of come into a relationship in that place and have have that darkness increase and build and gain momentum, um, and we can live out of those wounded areas and still be forgiven and still be in right standing with the Lord. But when we apply His blood to those those areas and heal in those areas, we start to become more and more uh, spotless, and we start to experience the Father's love and live out of the Father's love more and more fully. And that's what we're talking about um, as we as we learn what it means. Sometimes we stumble and fall, but it's part of our refinement process to show us the areas that need the blood applied, so that we can. Um, experience his healing we can we can bring light to those areas of darkness and shame and and wounded areas
So this morning I was surprised when the Lord talked about Israel again because he has not spoken to me about Israel or anything like that since basically the beginning of this journey back in March or so I looked back at my journal and I retraced my steps and went back to the beginning of the journey. Um, that's why it was so emotional to me that he put, a, there was a feather in my shoe. Um, you know, when we, when we retrace our steps and go back <sighs> through our journey with the Lord, um, it can only be the Lord who does these things in our lives. It's, the enemy can't do this stuff. He can't bring us to light. He can't bring life, uh, where there was death. He can't make something out of nothing. And that's what the Lord does. And when I retrace my steps and I look back, he's doing all of this. He's doing all this. All we have to do is be a surrendered life on the altar um, and just give it all to him and rest. And those were the beginning lessons. Remember, he, he showed me I had to rest. And so I went back. I looked at, I looked at the very first words that I received from the Lord. And I read through those this morning. I read back and I remembered I was feeling about the same way. When he first told me to meet him in the kitchen, he immediately started talking about Saudi Arabia and Israel. And I would just felt really crazy. Um, I thought, what is my mind doing? What is happening right now? And I was going, you know, and I, I, I waited and I, I sometime later went back and kind of went through my journal and I spent some time looking up the things that he had prophesied and they came like they were in the headline news. He talked about um, a, a missile attack with Lebanon and Israel and he talked about Saudi Arabia flexing their muscles and both of those were in headlines shortly after the same wording, uh, shortly after he had given me those and it increased my faith. I thought, okay, uh, I think this is, I think this is really the Lord. I think this is, um, and he put those those things there at the beginning and was faithful and used them to build to build faith and then he didn't talk about anything like that for a very long time and today all of a sudden he's talking about it again and uh, I, I remembered I was in a similar place and um, when I had discovered that those things actually happened and so you can find those in earlier videos another one that he he talked about um, the Temple of Pinar, P-I-N-A-R. He spelled it. I think that's what it was. And um, and I I looked it up and I couldn't really find anything. But when I was going through my journal, you know, I had wrote written some question marks by a few things, and that was one of them. And I found online in Turkey a place called Eflaton Pinar, I think is what it was, and it's a it's a place, and it was a temple that was built um, to worship false gods, and it was amazing. And it went right with his lesson. It was about living water, and and they they worshipped them by the water and. I think it was like around the time of Moses that they were built and people go there and they tour it and there's not really a lot on the internet about it but I was just like wow God it, it was just blowing my mind um, you know as he was as he was building this foundation and I just want to read a couple things from the beginning that he said and then I will finish up by by reading the final devotional uh, for today that I wanted to 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 bring out call or that I think he, he you know, he put into place. The bride and the groom procession is the last one. So I just had a few of these circled. I've talked about them in other videos. 
Um, but when I first began speaking in tongues and then prophesying and just seeing what words would come out, they would come out one word at a time and I would write it down and I would be amazed that it would form a sentence. And I just got sentences for many months. But in July, the, the very first thing was, Father, this song is for you. He said, keep coming toward me, my child. These are the gifts of love for my people. I didn't know what these things meant, but I remember them. He just said, keep coming toward me, my child. And that's, I, I just know if we keep pursuing him in relationship, if we keep surrendering to him, even when we make mistakes, even when we stumble, even when things aren't perfect, he's going to turn it around for good. They're going to be lessons and they're going to, uh, they're going to, they're going to, in this case, I know they're going to be lessons to edify the body. I know that they're going to be lessons to increase faith. I know they're going to uh, just draw us closer to his heart and the truth of who he is. Because that's his promise. He'll work it out for good. I said at one point, Lord, do I share this with others? He said, this is what I want you to, to hear. It will happen when it is time. His timing is perfect, guys. He has a reason. You know, everyone wonders, what does he mean by today and soon and imminent? I don't know what he means exactly. He uses that language in the Bible too. Because for us, time goes like really slow in a linear line. But for him, he travels at the speed of light. Who knows what it's like for him? It's He has a reason and a purpose, and I just trust him. This is my plan for my sons and daughters. They will know love. Keep seeking the truth in my word. You are my child. I will not leave you. Take this staff. It will lead the way. Keep this way. I will show you how to rescue the lost. This is the way to me. Keep coming. For to keep this journal is the best testament for days to come. Keep the way clear. For you will know my voice. One time I was very emotional and I said, Father, I want all of these gifts to be received by your children. Because I know so many people that don't believe in, in spirit gifts anymore and things like that. And he said, it will be done as you have said. Store these things in your heart. That makes me excited for what he's doing in the body right now. I think revival is here. Take this and serve it to those who do not know me. To do this is to share the word. Take heart, I am with you. Do not be afraid. Yes, it is true. I do hear the faintest whisper of your heart. Yes, to do this is to love those who serve me and take care of my sheep. Go and take this to them and tell them I love them. It is to teach them I am the way and tell them I am with them. Do not be afraid. I will come for you. Just keep going and tell people about me. Yes, it is true. I will take care of you. It is like a tree by a bank. I will not let it fall. It will keep producing for you. Do not be afraid. You are my child. I hold you in my arms. Do not listen to men who are foolish. Be aware of false teachings. I will come back for you. Do not be afraid. Come to me, my children, and I will give you rest. Keep coming toward me, and I will, I will reveal my Father's heart. And my goodness, that was, 
less than one year ago. And when I was just getting one sentence at a time here and there, um, that was pretty much Ju July through September I journaled those things. And how much of that is happening in <laughs> such unexpected ways. I had no idea this would be the journey. The Lord is good and he is faithful. And uh, that leads me to one more thing I wanted to read to you. When I was looking back at the messages that he left about like Saudi Arabia and Israel right in the beginning back in March, I found this. I just, the, my eyes just went to this. Find time each day to visit with me. I love you. Trust in me to get it done despite your limitations and mistakes. I am a loving father. You are safe. I was just like, wow, Lord. I just needed to hear that um, today. Guys, he just wants us to keep coming toward him. The only one worthy is Jesus. And we are forgiven. And he meets us where we are. He meets us and he wants us to be honest about where we are and just lay it before him. He says, come to me all you are who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest for your souls. And our soul is where we wrestle with all these things in our flesh, in our, in our humanness, um, not in the spirit, in our soul. He wants to give us rest in our souls where we wrestle all these things out. All we have to do is just lay it before him and give it to him. And he will yoke himself to us and we will uh, be led by him in the way everlasting. So the final thing uh, today, the bride and groom procession. Come, said the teacher, it's time for the wedding to begin. We journeyed to one of the tent villages which we reached just after sunset. We've been to this one before, I said, several times. Yes, he said, this is the camp of the bridegroom. It was from here that we went with him on the journey to the bride. That was for the betrothal, he said. They haven't seen each other since then. They've been preparing for this day ever since, and now the day has come. Come. He led me to the other side of the camp where everyone was gathered together around the bridegroom. He was adorned with a festive robe with a garland around his head, and then the procession began, the groom and his men leading, the rest of the camp following behind, many with torches in their hands. We journeyed for some time before arriving at the camp of the bride, where she was waiting, adorned with robes and precious stones, her maidens at her side, and the rest of the camp gathered around, around them. The bridegroom's men lifted the bride and the groom on a sedan chair and carried them away in a great and festive procession. With singing, shouting, and dancing, we followed along. The bridegroom's bringing the bride home, he said. He came first to make the covenant, but he comes the second time to take her home to the place he prepared for her. So too it is with the, the other bridegroom, God. Yes, said the teacher, the bridegroom of bridegrooms. He came first to make the covenant, but he comes the second time to take us home. The next time we see him, whether on that day or on the day we finish this life, it will be to take us home to the place he's prepared for us of no more tears, no more pain, no more sorrow, it was a few minutes along the procession before he spoke again. Look back, he said, the bride's home. It's fading away. Soon she won't be able to see it anymore. So too will it be with the old creation and all its sorrows. But then the bride will see, and then we all will see, the bridegroom's house, the place of our heart's longings.
heaven, home, the mission. This world is only the first house. It is destined to fade away with all its issues and concerns. Live this day in light of that reality. Jeremiah 33, 11, Matthew 25, 6, John 14, 2 through 3, Revelation 19, 6 through 9, 21, 1 through 2. And as I was reading that, I was realizing that that was the dream he gave me the other day. And I'll save that for another video. Amazing. All right, Lord, thank you so much for, for this lesson. I lay it at your feet. <laughs> I put it on the altar. It is yours. Um, I know that you, despite my imperfections and my mistakes and my limitations, you will use it for your purposes and you will work all things out for good. We love you and we thank you for this time together uh, learning about who you are, your ways, and your goodness, and your heart. All right, thank you all for watching, and uh, we'll see you in the next video. God bless you.